0: You are now listening to the Numb Bills Fan Podcast! With your hosts, David Palermo and Adam Deegan. Find us online at
1: numbbillsfan.com Welcome to Numb Bills Fan Podcast, the live edition
0: yeah, brought to you by BillsForLife.com. We're here every Wednesday at some point. We we always say seven, and we say, yeah, we're going to be on time this time, but... Uh,
1: we never are.
0: I don't know about never, but occasionally one out of 52. <laughs> one out of 52.
1: We try, though. We do. We put a lot of effort in, so... Uh...
0: Yeah, so thanks for tuning in. Uh, we do a podcast, uh, usually a couple a week, and always expect to update your feeds if you want to subscribe to us um it's very easy go into itunes google play or into stitcher and um if you really want to what you could do is tell your friends tell everybody and it kind of updates automatically Really easy. So every week you should see a podcast from us. And if we don't have one one week, usually we'll do two or three the next week to to make up for it. So we try to keep them coming all the time. Keep it real. And if you're listening to this through the audio edition, I mean, thank you. Um, so as always, we're also brought to you by PunchDrunkSports.com and Punch Drunk sports podcasts are cool dudes, three comedians doing comedy. And uh, they got a podcast network coming up for... Comedians doing sports podcasts And I guess we're the ones doing the Bills So thank you to those guys I think I'm funny Yeah pretty much um, That's about
1: it though right
0: <laughs> Right so and Again don't forget Bills for Life This is brought to you by Bills for Life This Wednesday show um, And lastly oh, yeah. If you want to help support the podcast We got these sweet shirts They're really comfortable Just you can find them. Um, go on com and, and shoot us a message. Yeah, just
1: go click on that picture that's on your screen on the front page of our website. It'll take you to our little Etsy store. You got secure checkout. Yeah. Credit, debit, PayPal, whatever you prefer. Help us out. Help us keep the lights on. Yeah, really, that's it. Keep the content it. flowing.
0: Um, anything to do to help us support this thing to keep going, because we do put a lot of time into this. It might seem like the kind of oh, they're just the joking guys. No, we actually have, like, a set list written down, and and we take a lot of time for it. So, really, any way you want to support, the shirts are comfy. My my shirt right now is bleach print, and and as you can
1: tell, that thing is just flat. That's what I like. It's a super cool design, too. Shout-out to our man, Casey Diaz, for putting that together for us. Yeah, really, that was awesome. And shout-out
0: to Casey Diaz for filling in on base for us a couple weeks ago, too.
1: Oh, yeah, we did our little... little, band reunion in memory of our friend Jake who passed away back in November and uh he killed it on the bass. That was that, that used to be my job. Our singer, he's in Oklahoma, couldn't make the trip. I grabbed the mic, he grabbed the bass, it worked out well.
0: Yeah. And Drunk Dean played drums like always. So shout out to Drunk Dean. But uh yeah, um anyways, so we think the red shirts, they're different. They don't say billsy all over or anything dumb. Uh, cool quote on the back, last line of what Marv Levy told the players during the, you know, playoff thing, Super Bowl deal. Um, so check that out, and uh, we will rise again because uh, that's what we'll do as Bills fans. Anyways, um, a lot of things have been happening. What's everybody's thoughts on the drafts? Uh, on the drafts. On the draft, I thought um, I thought we did really well. I really enjoyed the move back. I like the guy that they grabbed and Trey White, uh, Tredavious. Um, But I'll be honest with you, I didn't like it at first because I was really attached to Foster, and Foster just seemed like a very polarizing guy as far as character issues to the front office, apparently. So, we got a guy who's a day-one starter at the cornerback spot, but they keep bringing in corners. So... It seems like the Bills are making the smart, safe plays all day today with this draft. Everybody's in a, in in this draft seems like a turnkey can contribute pretty soon for what they're going to be asked to do. Uh, Zay Jones, we had a draft show at 34 Rush. Shout-out to Roster Sports Network and the guys at the huddle, Ryan. Um, those guys over there, They we had a draft show at 34 Rush, um, and it was pretty cool because – a lot of good opinion on there. Spencer from a radio station here.
1: 1055, the team here in Rochester. Yeah, and... Uh, Spencer German. Yeah, he's
0: a nice dude. He's got some awesome takes, too. So there's some guys out there that really has some good takes. And we had pretty much like a roundtable uh, Friday night of the draft yeah, and I Saturday. Drew
1: from Rock Power Report was out there. We, we had a good time. Always a good time with Drew.
0: Yeah, Drew's off his rocker.
1: He was back on uh, 113. That was a good podcast from the van.
0: Yeah, he he's a maniac. Um, but, but so are we. We were sitting at the table, and we're just looking over picks, and they asked me, of all people, what I think the Bills should do. And I said Zay Jones because I'm just looking up, you know, his coach is from East Carolina, the receiver's coach here, obviously. So, well, that's his college. Why wouldn't you have a guy that is available to you? You traded up to get him. The
1: hands, man.
0: Right. The hands. You know, virtually he, no drops. You know what we need. Can you can you bump me down a little bit? I'm spiking. It might be just this. All right. No, um,
1: so, I mean, I didn't check it in headphones. It probably sounds awful, but I, Glo- sa- I said you're good. So
0: <laughs> glove, glove fit of a guy. I mean, so many receptions in college, like the most. So what I look at is you got a receiver. You know what you're getting. Uh, third round pick. And straight up to get this guy, the two fits, uh, Dawkins, very versatile. Who knows what's going to happen with this offensive line? They're going to be running a zone blocking scheme. And some people think that maybe this could be noticed for any of the guards, any of the interior linemen, minus center. He says he'll learn center. He can do it a little bit, but. I think this is a right tackle spot. At the same time, don't the the report is on him, at least some guys think that, you know, people close to him, uh, they, they think well, that like he like his could, mom or like his He had pretty much his uncle slash cousin on the John Murphy show. Okay. And he has the same mentor as Donald Jones. So they were talking with him and he's like, No, you know, I got the breakdown. And obviously, the guy's in his corner. So pretty much what the guy can do is he's versatile, can go from allegedly both sides. But if you look at Cyrus Quanjo, he looks a lot better at the left tackle spot. Right. Huh. Right. So we've talked about this a lot, if you if you listen to us all the time. Don't assume that you could just go what we would call in BMX or skateboarding fakie. Don't assume right. that you could just go on your opposite side. It's not going to happen.
1: And, like, as far as, like, the ambidextry of the position like I, I'm, I'm going to use that that term the, the left the right whatever you've got to assume that it's never actually just interchangeable one one side's always going to be stronger than the other so it's just the way I feel about it
0: no for sure um and and I think that with Dawkins you have another high-character guy. This whole draft is high-character guys. I can't blame them. They got... We talked about, before this draft, we talked about the Bills drafting needs. Uh, I, I'm not a, I i said this guy, but I mean, I guess we do a radio show, so if you want to have some kind of takes and ding your points to them, you got to take a hard line stand somewhere, right? I will say this... I said this was a knee draft, and not for nothing, this was a need draft. That's what they got. They got two linebackers in the draft, and they got a quarterback in the fifth round. And I like where they got Nathan Peterman. Um, I highly recommend you go to CoverOne.net. Always, I always say that. Subscribe to them on iTunes. They had a, Nate Geary and Eric Turner did a, a great, video piece to go along with this it was audio with video and to really break down nathan peterman and after listening to it i was like wow this would be a really interesting person to draft for the bills because he would be essentially a guy who can come in and be a backup sooner rather than later and might have i don't know if he has more quote-unquote upside because a lot of people think the problem with him is he's already at his ceiling
1: I'm going to I'm going to say that absolutely he has upside though because he's coming into the league with two of the qualities that to me who I'm not I'm not a scout I I'm not breaking down the film and you know we tell you that all the time that that's not our our role here um but he's coming in with accurate throwing ability and good footwork and that Those are the two things that are constantly breaking, you know, guys that that we think may be able to play the position at the high level. You know, you get so many guys in here who just like can't get their feet together or can't can't get the ball like, you know, into the into the passing lanes accurately. You know, and it's just like you guys got to you guys got to. Good thing with this Peterman kid Because he comes in there looking good on both fronts You know what I mean Dave?
0: I think that with with Peterman If you look at what The Broncos could do With Rick Dennison And and Simeon there um, The Trevor kid At quarterback He was decently productive He got the job done And now you got a guy in Tyrod Taylor Who's got a lot more of a, a Dynamic of a game at the same time, a lot of people doubt Tyrod Taylor's ability to run a West Coast-style offense, but what I kind of liked about what Greg Roman would do is, he, he seemed to, they always taught of the word multiple. They had multiple looks, yada, yada, yada. So, they did have some zone run scheme, and they did have some power run scheme stuff going on, so... With Tyrod Taylor, I kind of look at it like a situation where what can what can he do? What is he limited to? Well, if you're wondering if you can run a West Coast offense, meaning like can he be on time with the ball? Can he throw with anticipation? I think about the last game that the Bills played against the Jets a couple of seasons ago, where Sammy Watkins was moved all over the field, week seventeen. Um, and he did a nice job with a, a lot of different kind of raw combinations than they usually do which is aka bomb at the sammy um and the seattle game this past season the ball is out of his hands quick i just think tyra taylor does what's asked of him now this is his season he needs to show that he can do that well it seems like with nathan peterman what you're getting here is you're getting a guy where he's going to be on time with the ball that's what you want he anticipates throw he's taking snaps under center a lot of guys think that Some some people think that he is the most pro-ready quarterback right now out of the box.
1: Right, and he's getting he's getting the Kirk Cousins and Andy Dalton comparisons, and you know, it's guys that have uh, been able to, you know, I I don't want to say be real successful because like where's their rings, right? Is that that's that's what it's ultimately about here? But those are guys that you can build a team around.
0: They say he has a weaker arm, but I don't, I mean, I want to read Tom Brady's scouting report. You know what I'm saying? And everybody laughs around draft time. Everybody has a chuckle at it. You know, everybody sees a picture of Tom Brady in the combine. And I'm not saying this is Tom Brady. But.
1: No, I can't be. Don't even don't even go there. You're not going to get my hopes up. I don't care what you do with yours, but you leave mine alone. I think that coming out of the draft, too, with a couple
0: linebackers, they're both six foot, six foot one, and they're within like five pounds of each other. Yeah. Matt Milano from Boston College and Tanner Vallejo out of Boise State. So I think what these guys are going to be looking to do is see what can happen, who can contribute. But I'm kind of shocked we haven't seen a linebacker really brought in via free agency yet. I, I have not followed um, too much of the undrafted guys yet, so I'm curious to see who they bring in. This is really interesting. Oh, by the way, I guess we can go there. If anybody has thoughts on the linebackers, please let us know. Um, actually, anything. But the general manager was fired, and his entire staff, and um well I for Talent period nice article on cover one dot I wrote. Um I guess that just doesn't matter. I it's really can you work with period with people period. I think is what it is. I don't think well, it's maybe, I for talent. Maybe you have a can follow you,
1: up in the works, huh?
0: Can you work with people in groups? Because if you can't work as a team, because that's the common theme that Terry Pagula is talking about in his press conference. Hey, we want to work as a team. I believe in collaborative efforts. Um, He's saying things like the process His, you know, we went through a process and yada, yada, yada. Well, what the hell is the process? I don't know. Is a process showing up being like, hey, Sean, let us know how it is working with Doug. Okay. Then it report's back. Okay, well, it's a common thing that's been going on. Now, I've always been a big supporter of Doug Whaley. But sometimes where there's smoke, there's fire. And this is true. Do we have to look at the other side of it a a, a little bit? Maybe. Probably. I kind of look at it like. If McDermott didn't get along with him, and then there was reports that Rex and him were kind of not seeing eye to eye, but that didn't make sense because anybody that that he got seemed to kind of work. So I kind of had a hard time just letting his general manager just, like, bounce. But I have to look at it like, hey, he mortgaged the future with... Two first round picks on Sammy Watkins, but I will make that argument that at that time, the roster was pretty stacked. Take a look at that roster and where we were. Mario Williams is playing awesome. I don't want to hear that. Oh, yeah, we coming got, off
1: that season, the Bills looked great.
0: Right. I don't on wanna, paper, I don't want to hear that we should have got Khalil Mack. No,
1: Mario Williams was actually
0: playing just fine. The team was playing right now. The defense fine.
1: was fire, and we were like, "Ah, oh, we can't score any points." So he went out. And he got the guy that he thought was going to come in and be the difference maker on offense. Right. But... Shit the, happens. The, the Yeah, I was going to say, the ship that the defense was, was uh, <laughs> sailing along on kind of sank. Yeah,
0: I mean, it, it, it just happens. So, it is
1: what it is. Um, Rex rewired everything and it kind of caught on fire. <laughs> So,
0: one thing that I think is very underrated is the year the Bills drafted E.J. Manuel. Um, I don't know whose decision it was, but Ryan Fitzpatrick was asked to resign or to restructure his contract. They asked for money back. He's like, nah. And what I want to know is, you know, Fred Jackson came out talking about Doug Whaley back, too. And this isn't Bash Doug Wavey Fest because, again, we've always been, I've always been a supporter. I thought he's done a good job, but uh, made this reference on our podcast recently on a call for, you know, Sunday. Nate Geary and and Ryan Gates held it down with an awesome show on Sunday. So go through the Bills and football audio through their RSS feed for WGR. Great five hours of radio or three hours, however long. and I end up calling in, played the call on our podcast. But essentially, my point is, is you know, I, I do I always say it. I do construction, and I'm self-employed. But if I try to work with other people and tell them what to do, it doesn't always work out. I'm not the best people manager. But I'm I'm good at my job, but I'm not good at managing people. And I think, unfortunately, what we do here is we set the standard where guys really – think that because somebody's a good scout or they're a a good at whatever all because they're really good at it at at putting up walls and driving nails into wood does not mean that you're good at telling five other people to do that and encouraging them to do a job because you know this this football community is very bullish they're they're not really progressive at all um as far as like how you want to talk to people and I think that's why I liked having Rex Ryan. Is I kind of figured he could, he could tap into these guys a little bit. The problem is with the CBA, you don't got enough work, you don't or, or enough time to work with these guys anymore. Um, the coaches are very limited, and with college football, it seems like the quarterbacks they're just putting the best athletes at that position in high school, and they're rolling with it in college, and now they're getting dumber. Not even dumber; they're just asked to do a lot less. So, if, if this is how it is, and you got a GM and Doug Whaley, who's apparently hard to work with because a lot of people have had a hard time working with him. I guess he's not there. Um, it seems like his moves, and if you put him with, with with Tim Murray, his moves are very bold. They're very bold people, and as a Buffalo sports fan. I was getting sick of like boring crap. Like I, I like that Whaley is not afraid to make a move. I like that stuff. I, I love right.
1: seeing an aggressive nature. But and I mean his hits are hits, man. Like for sure, his hits. The, the guys he brings in that are that are quality do big things, man. Like look at Lorenzo Alexander. He's got named to the top one hundred list, right. Mm-hmm. A decade into his career, is basically a special teamer and like a, a a role guy. You know what I mean. So like, I like I like whatever it was that that scouting staff was looking for. I think the pro personnel side of that
0: team was was money. Right. Um, the one thing that was confusing is on the point about managing people is. You have to encourage. It, it seems like these days we have to be more encouraging if we want results. Um, I grew up kind of on the liberal side of things, both of us within the punk hardcore community, just kind of like, you know, more liberal views. And now it's like my, my liberal, my quote unquote liberal views are more like conservative now to other people. And it's like, whoa, like it's not supposed to be like that. So I think what's happening here is we have like a culture shift and how you can get reaction out of these players. And the coaches can only do so much. So it's like, what I'm getting at here is like, if Doug Whaley's hard to work with in groups and has to relay a message to the coaches to get a job done, but then you got a guy like Rex's, you know who I am kind of guy, how how much are you penetrating that? Then you got a guy like Doug Marone who couldn't work with people. I mean, it, it's, you know, oil and, oil and water, it seems like. So... When you hear about Terry, people talking about, I want to work with people who want to collaborate and work as a team. That kind of maybe leaves a hint that it wasn't like that. So I think because when I look at some of the GM candidates, they might not be the best scout. But that's not their job to scout necessarily. Their job is to manage the people who are doing the scouting. To make sure that the guys that you have as scouts that maybe they get double-checked on how, how good their experience is. Because there's some scouts that were in that department. I'm not going to bash on anybody. They just lost their job. Like, let's be real here. These guys lost their job. Everybody who wants people to get fired, they lost their job. I hate seeing people get fired. Not everybody's like, oh, fire a coach. I think about yeah. the assistant coaches. I think about the guy who just got a break. Right, and then right. all of a sudden, now they're packing up their families. So this is double. Right Wally. now, there's a
1: huge ripple effect. You know, mm-hmm.
0: who can work with people? I don't know. There's some guys around the league who do a nice job, and at the same time, there's also guys that are like, if you look at the list, it just seems inexperienced. And when it doesn't work, we're gonna ding back and be like, well, of course it didn't work. You hired so and so, huh? Like, what would you expect? you know, and that's unfortunate because you want to see these guys succeed. That said, it seems like Sean McDermott is definitely in control. He's doing a lot. He is penetrating this organization and really making some core changes. It seems like they're doubling down on common sense. They are not putting all their stock into this cornerback. They're bringing in guys like constantly. So, I'm shocked without a coach, without a scouting staff in place.
1: Right. Even like, you know, a real talented young corner coming up isn't, isn't a guarantee. Like it took Gilmore some time to like fill his shoes, you know, but I, I, I mean, I respected the hell out of the kid while he was here playing with the club on his arm and all that, like Back then, I was like, "Damn, that's that's real." But
0: but again, it's like we we talked before. But it's no, like it takes it takes time,
1: man. It, it it does. It takes time, and he's coming in. Again, you know, Gilmore's gone now. We we don't have like a for sure number one guy. Like he's gonna go in there and what compete with Darby? You know, I th- I think we need I think we need a little bit more than that, and you know. This is one of those situations where, like, I feel like you can't be too prepared. That's you know we've we've talked about on the podcast, and I think last week on on live here, just how important the cornerback position is to Sean McDermott's defense. So. One thing I want to get—are you cool if I transition off GM a little bit?
0: If you want more GM talk, we just did well, a podcast. I, I
1: wanted to—I wanted to hit a, a comment here before we got too far off because we already talked about it. This, this is the because I was going to hit Sammy Watkins yeah. eventually,
0: but we'll get to it.
1: Okay, well, if, what, what do you got? Um,
0: I want to touch on Sammy for five, and then and and then and then touch back. Um,
1: okay, so, that's that that that's what I was getting at too. Uh, so, what do you got, Michael? Aldrich Jr. in the uh, comments here said, "Is declining Sammy's option a good thing to do?" Hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. Hundred percent.
0: Here's why: is in a nutshell. I mean, do you want to take
1: this, or do you want me to roll? I mean, I I'm interested in your take, but I have I have a take of my own. So, like, all right, okay, so check it. Um
0: For one, I hate when when injuries are held against players. There's nothing they can do about it. There's nothing you can do. It's a slimy deal. It's awful. But there's X amount of dollars on a salary cap. There's X amount of dollars you need to spend for a salary cap floor. There's X amount of dollars you, you can only spend. And I really don't think that the Bills gave out personally ridiculous contracts to anybody. You got to play these guys to stay here. If you let your number three pick a Marcel Darius walk, how many people watching this right now or that you know friends and family are going to be mother effing, look at this guy. How do you let him go? You vested all that, yada, yada, yada. So Sammy Watkins' situation. Unfortunately, you cannot afford $13 million on one player who might not play. And we, I mean that with all due respect because he doesn't know if he's broke. He could have right. if his bone in his foot doesn't heal 100%. I mean, it sounds like the bones aren't like fusing together correctly
1: could be the issue. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know for sure like what the last doctor's appointment said I'm definitely a foot doctor. It there there have been hang-ups and they're saying that he might have been pushed back too soon and you know, he came in with that that high level of pressure having cost two first round picks. He wants to live up to those expectations. But so far there's been a lot of disappointment and it's kinda gotten him a not so great reputation with a lot of Bills fans in the area. So like there's there's that too. And I don't I don't think public perception is a huge thing that they look at when it comes to things of this nature. But Still you want you want the fans to to be satisfied with the product and if if you got damaged goods and I I don't like to like talk about these guys like they're objects. So you know, if you got a guy who's not gonna recover from this injury, you don't wanna lock that in. I mean, there's there's talks that, you know, it's a three million dollar difference between his option number and his franchise tag number. So if they wanna lock it in after the fact, it's going to cost them a little bit more, but I think if you can if you can fit that under the cap, it's worth it to pay that money to wait and see. Think
0: about it. You got guys doing like one year deals here and there. I mean, the the contracts are getting shorter. Right. A, a player doesn't want to be franchise tag, but if you're Sammy Watkins, you got to understand. Um, I, I look at. The reason it's a they also su-
1: don't have a general manager. So. The
0: reason it's a smart move. <laughs> well, Sean McDermott already put a statement out there saying he talked to Sammy and yada yada. Of course.
1: No, I know, but I'm just saying, like, that's that's a big time contract if you if you're trying to get him long term, and uh, the next guy who comes in here, he's probably gonna wanna he's probably gonna wanna have a little a little input on that. And that that that's one thing that they're saying might make it hard finding a GM right now is having to share that share that piece of the pie and doing the collaborative decision making thing. I mean, it's not an it's not a completely foreign structure, you know, among other NFL teams, but a lot of these guys also like do have like the The final say, you know what I'm saying?
0: Here's the point I was going to bring up, actually, about the Sammy Watkins thing. I was thinking about it today. Um, This move offers the next general manager so much flexibility. You have equity in a first-round pick next year. By all accounts, there are some franchise quarter, quote-unquote, franchise. Because I hate anointing anybody a good quarterback in the NFL until they play any position. Sorry. There's some definitely, like... You can't really go wrong with Mario Williams at the number one pick. It should work out. I think Khalil Mack pretty damn early is working out. Yeah. Can you go fast forward really fast? Yeah. Are you powerful? Yeah, sure. Can you bend around the edge like Bruce Smith? Well, since he set the standard, yeah, probably now since you watched that, since he's a legend. Um, if you listen to the number pick one pick this year. Uh, so look at it. This makes so much sense for the next general manager because it offers you flexibility to exercise, hey, let's work on an extension midseason. Or now you get to hide money. Not hide money, but you get to get creative with how you want to pay that 13 million plus. So like, what if you want to give him set you could still come out of this for next year, so you're gonna franchise tag him anyways? Sammy, dude. Why don't we just give you $17 million the first year? You know these contracts are front-loaded. We'll do a three-year contract. You won't be hooked in forever. You could still get a second contract somewhere else. Or if you really want to be, quote-unquote, long-term, because I don't know what players want right now. I don't know what they want the long-term contract, and I don't know what they want the short-term. I'm not going to go with the narrative from five years ago and longer. People are like, oh, they just want the big contract, because that's not true. Guys are going with smaller, guys are more subcontractors now than ever. They're looking out for themselves. So, we've been, i I said it before, if I was Sammy Watkins, why the hell would I even sign back with the Bills if you don't got the quarterback position figured out? So, guess what? You want the best Sammy Watkins, you're going to get the best Sammy Watkins this year. You you don't think that Zay Jones is going to be breathing on his heels? Oh, I'm going to let this kid come in and and show me up? No, that ain't happening. Sammy Watkins is going to ball out. If healthy, it just sucks with Sammy. You got to put if healthy because I don't ever have a problem with Sammy Watkins ever, ever. I never been like, man, that kid's not trying. No, no. Imagine if this coaching staff is smart enough to maybe see what the hell he did in college. To understand like this dude is taking a lot of screens to the house. Well, in his own blocking scheme, I think it's going to be kind of tight to see how that works out. So it's going to be really interesting to see how these guys use Sammy Watkins use a Jones use Charles Clay use LaShawn McCoy but guess what most importantly with Sammy you're not tied down to him what if your quarterback position somehow gets figured out and you don't need to spend those both of those first round picks next year maybe the general manager might want to do hey here's our roster now here's a coach we got in place next year we have two first round draft picks we have Sammy Watkins if we want him you can't go wrong with this. We have a, a, a Pro Bowl running back who, by the way, doesn't take big hits, who, by the way, talks to Thurman Thomas all the time, who extended his career by not taking big hits, getting down. Watch the Sean McCoy run. He's not LeGarrette Blount. He's not Marshawn Lynch. I think he could play for at least another two, three seasons. Some people think next year. I don't agree because I don't think he's gotten bad. He's had some hamstring, whatever the hell's, but a lot of players do. I don't look at LaShawn McCoy as a guy that's, that, that's from being out of shape. I don't look at it like that. So you yes. can always package even $18 million next year if you really want to re-sign him and extend him.
1: Right, and, and like our, our good friend Greg Morse says here, if he's healthy through camp, you can try to get the long-term deal done. You know, Sammy healthy, he's top of his position, and Greg's right. You know? Dude is a beast when he's healthy, man. Look, Sammy Watkins' production. What's
0: what's the famous—I don't want to put you on the spot, but you always had a cool little stat with him and Tyrod. Oh, yeah, of
1: course, because I don't have the actual numbers in front of me. No, but It uh, was a 90-something from an 80-something with Yeah, Sammy no, no, <laughs> no. It's, it's, it's a 14-point jump in Tyrod's uh, passer rating. When he's got Sammy on the field, the, the games he has Sammy on the field versus the games he doesn't. So he goes from from an 83 to a 97-point-something. I will say, so, when you see Sammy Watkins on the field— That's a good passer rating. People,
0: people like to talk about, oh, you know, we want to have that game changer out there where you roll the coverage and yada, yada, you know. I'll tell you what, when Sammy Watkins is on the field and you're in the stadium and Peeling you're watching— dog. Oh, you look so good. I love that shirt, by the way, basic, simple— What I I was trying to say here is... Did you just call me basic? Yo, dude, you got a good style. (laughs) Wow. Giving me the bird. You know, some kids (laughs) watching. The Stone
1: Cold Steve Austin double bird. I'm sorry. I totally... Yo, this train is off the tracks and it's all my... I should have just left my shirt on. See how it is? I start taking clothes off. He gets all excited. You think you just went halfway, and that's why I'm like, that's why I'm speechless? Pervert Dave's thinking he's going to see some uh, side boob over here or something.
0: I am not a pervert. Anyways, um,
1: what were we even talking about? Something about Sammy Watkins.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, Sammy Watkins definitely takes coverage with him. And you got to keep in mind. Okay, I'm going to talk off my rocker. I don't know the exact number. Somebody in the audience would know Sammy Watkins, Charles Clay, LaShawn McCoy, and Robert Woods. How long were they on the field? Together. And I think you could even take Robert Woods out of that equation. I think it was like five times. So what I'm trying to say here is Aaron Rodgers was getting a pass when Jordy Nelson was hurt for the season, right? He was getting he was getting heat, but he was also getting a little bit of a pass. Right. Tyrod Taylor's a, the guy because he's a quarterback. Like when you watch other teams play football, but you, the, you you don't think like, man, that team was a disaster, like the Bills. You don't read into everything so deep. You just go, man, that sucks. The guy dropped the ball,
1: huh? Well, again, but you know, like, oh, Aaron Rodgers is going to get the pass because he is the more, you know, prototypical pocket passer style quarterback, right? And. That's that's the thing that I don't think people like really still don't take into account with Tyrod Taylor is like I got to look at him, I, I got to give give a bigger scope when I look at him playing that position and look at him not through like the tunnel vision of like thrower of the football but actual like maker of the plays, scorer of the points, leader of the offense. You know what I mean? Because he he does a lot of really unique things, and yeah, I'm talking about running off and picking up yards with his legs, but he does it better than anyone else playing the position in the league right now.
0: I like seeing that his eyes are downfield. And if there's one thing that I was a little bit, um, a little bit weary about was Sammy Watkins. And I had the same issue with Doug Marone's coaching staff with CJ Spiller is when you watch highlights of Sammy Watkins in college, they just put the ball in his hands. Yeah, and yeah. And they let him do whatever he wanted. And I don't
1: understand why. And there's even yeah, who's, people... Yeah, well, who was his quarterback in college? Taj Boyd? Yeah, and there's... That ball was coming out quick.
0: Yeah, and where's Taj Boyd? Nowhere. Nowhere to be seen. Okay, so what I'm saying here is... If you have... If you have Sammy Watkins, and you saw how he was using college, right? Which was... I was watching Mike Evans' highlights and a little bit of Ebron because I had a feeling the Bills were going to go Ebron that draft. And I don't like the narrative that the Bills could have got Mike Evans because he still went to Tampa Bay. Stop. The Bills were not getting Mike Evans. It wasn't happening. Um, look, the way I see it is the way Sammy Watkins was using college is night and day compared to how he's using the NFL. He was doing a lot of screen passes, a lot of people where he could look. He has some sick vision. I want to see the Bills use a kid like that. Why not? I don't understand. And even those players within the team that I've heard kind of go through a couple channels, go, yeah, I don't know why we don't run more screens. I don't know. Huh. I really don't understand it. You have a guy that can do it. He can do anything. Oh, absolutely. You know, so now you got a guy in Zay Jones who's a solid receiver who's going to come in and do work. I think this is where you talk about competition making everything better. Sammy Watkins is going to ball out this year. We're going to be talking about an extension midseason. Oh, he's going to have to hold out until the end of the year, yada, yada, yada. But, of course, because I'm saying this, you know, this is the guy who's worried about starting a podcast the year. The Bills hired Rex Ryan because the Bills are going to do all this winning. So I don't know if you want to take my opinion right now but i hope he balls out i hope it all works out i wish him the best and i hope the quarterback position gets solidified so you have a a solid situation i think for a general manager to come in you have a lot of options you have a solid draft a very common sense buffalo bills draft i didn't i don't know if i like giving away those couple fits to move up i really don't know um was in a message with eric turner from cover one and um He kind of alerted me to that a little bit. But they must really like Dawkins. So um, I'm really stoked for the way the draft went. I think I need general manager prospects to talking to a guy from the Carolina Panthers. The Bean dude. forgot his name. Brandon Bean. Brandon Bean. Uh, Work with McDermott.
1: Flick of the Bean.
0: Do you have any thoughts at all on... Are the Bills going to get like a football czar? Like... That's kind of what I'm wondering. Are they going to get a quote-unquote czar? I don't know if I want any Polian touching the team, to be honest with you, because I just don't want that. And I hope I hope for, for sakes that I hope that and I could be wrong again, who am I? I'm just a guy with my dog tattooed on my hand. Like, sitting here in front of a MacBook with you, a microphone. You,
1: you're just some dumb construction worker. Right, Can't so I'm just read. some
0: dumbass. But I really hope that like Terry Pagula and Kim Pagula are, are, are are looking, are, are looking at foresight. I don't necessarily think it's always a quarterback driven league. I think it's more of a common sense. Can your guys do what they're asked to do league? Because accountability is really the hardest thing to get accomplished in professional sports in 2017. It seems like, so do you have a scheme that's simple enough where people won't mess up? I could be wrong. And are it, do we have a real, quote-unquote, hard-working culture? I think that's very important for these kids. they got to be structured. And I'm saying kids because 25 is not the same 25 it was 20 years ago. It's not at all. So I don't know how you solve all these problems in the league with, with, with GM to coach to players. And that's the problem with the Bills. they got to get their shit together. And I hope it comes to fruition. So, this general manager candidate, I don't want to hear in two years from media members to whoever that, well, you know, that GM never hired McDermott. So, you know, that's why we're not going to roll with him. No, that's a cop out. That's not strong enough. That's right. No, not- that's,
1: that's why I do want the bean guy. We got asked way up at the top of the comments. Um, I don't even think I can get back up. Yeah. I can't even get back up that far. Um, But we got asked at the top of the comments, is there anyone you like for the bills, for the bills GM opening? And uh, I mean, I haven't read my issue of NFL executives weekly yet, but no, no, there's not know Why? Because I don't have any information about these, these executive guys. Like I don't, I don't know these names beyond Brandon Bean because he's the one who's who's on the tip of everyone's tongue right now. And I want him solely for the fact that you don't have that well, he didn't bring Mac- McDermott in like if we get that guy, it, it McDermott held the door for him. They came in they came in together as far as I'm concerned. Cuz you know that that, I mean, he, they're not going to hire him if if McDermott says he's no good. Like, obviously, that's like, hey, you know, good guy. They're, also, talk, they're
0: also talking about Dan Gregory,
1: Panthers director of player personnel. <clears throat> um. Okay, first time I've ever heard of him. Right. So. Right. You know what I mean? Because I don't care what these other teams are doing in their front office. I care what they're doing on the field. I realize the two things have a correlation, but I have enough trouble remembering who's on our roster. I'm not looking at the the Jacksonville Jaguars front office. Let's get real here. This is numb Bill's fan. Dude, and I'll be honest with you.
0: This stuff is really like some of my favorite stuff is really like the GM hires. Because it doesn't happen in Buffalo all the time. If you're shy on this topic, I'm not. um, But I'm not as informed as I'd like to be right now. I know they're talking to a guy. Allegedly, there's a short list of some guys.
1: There's a guy in Arizona. I forgot his name. I should look it up. But I mean, I almost feel me, like the, the, yeah, but, the Brandon Bean thing's a lock, and they just got to look at other people so they can say that they looked at other people.
0: I just think that people think that they're so smart they're going to connect dots. Well, Sean McDonald's was in Carolina, so well, who are the Carolina guys? And it's like you got Jason Locke and Fora p- tweeting that. Well, Alex. I mean, there
1: was rumblings of that ever since he got hired, though, that, that he might be looking to bring in bringing front office guys from from Carolina. So I'm not shocked at this at all. Well, Brett Veach has been
0: touted by LeSean McCoy to come to Buffalo. So LaShawn McCoy, I believe, has been trying to make a play for him.
1: Okay, if you're Terry Pagula, whose whose advice are you taking? Well, man? he was with. Andy. No offense to LaShawn McCoy, I probably listen to LaShawn McCoy, like, well, just because I seem I seem like I could relate to him. I don't want I don't want a bunch of dudes stinking up my party either. Like,
0: from information I'm stealing from rumblings.com so you should check out their site. Uh, give them a shout out for real to show you what I'm skimming right now to pretend I'm smart. I'm not going to. I'm gonna call it to you real here. We'll keep you entertained while we look it up. Buffalo Bills general manager candidates. So, And that was written April 30th by Chris Trapasso, who does a great job. Great to see him running Buffalo Rumblings. Congrats to that guy, by the way. Um, we should get him on the podcast. I don't know why we haven't. Yeah, do it. Um, so shoot, shoot that out there. He says the Philadelphia connection. All right, so the Veach guy here, Brett Veach, he was an area scout for the Eagles. And and reunited with Andy Reid when he was hired in Kansas City in 2013. He started his career as a coaching assistant to Reid in 2007. Well, guess what? Reid had McDermott under his wing, too. So I think this is a common connection. And not for nothing, I've always loved Andy Reid. I was shocked when Eagles fans were booing that they got McNabb. Guys are a bunch of ass wipes. (laughs) Loved me McNabb. Like, what's wrong with you? Like, boop, get the hell out of here. Yeah, did he maybe, like, wimp out a little bit and the anxiety caught up to him and throw Owens with half a leg is playing harder than everybody in that Super Bowl? Like, yeah, okay. <laughs> so, dude puked on himself. Big big fucking deal. <laughs> All right. So, anyways, um, look, you're, you're, Here, here's the deal. You can go a couple different ways with this. You can go with the super experienced guys who are quote-unquote retreads and wash-ups, but if there's one thing with GMs is they don't always get a second shot. They don't always get a second shot. It's not like the Recycle Coach Network all the time. At the same time, I hope that the Pagulas are thinking for the future. I really think that the way the league is going personally is that, like, these running backs, come on, if you're throwing the ball a lot, you got to get guys who can cover. Okay, well, if you're getting guys who can cover, that means a running back should be able to, like, run through them, right? If they're a little bit leaner, a little bit quicker, a little bit smaller, you would think. And if everybody wants a big hit, like, they want the big hit, you know what I'm saying? It's like, all right, well, I guess good luck taking out Marshawn Lynch. Like, really, good job taking <laughs> out Yeah. Blount. You know, so, again, refer back to Brian Scott and the Bills, Trotting him out there because they're you know, ahead of their time back then, putting him out there to play that tweener role as a safety who could play linebacker. And what do you know? Five, six years later, it's the standard. So, hey, but what will happen? Tom Brady just handed the ball off and ran all over the Bills when they came with that big plan. So, what I'm getting here is I lost my train of thought.
1: I don't even know what I was talking about. You lost me at Brian Scott. Small safety's playing linebacker. I don't know. Oh, I, I don't know. What, I can't. I can't keep up with you anymore. I can't keep up with myself.
0: So, as far as the Bills are concerned with Sammy Watkins, if you want to touch on that again, because it seems like to be like the hot topic in the comments, um, Sammy Watkins is a very polarizing object because we have such an investment in it. But one thing I think that fans and and everybody need need to take into consideration here is the has just removed the guy who drafted everybody who's brought in all these players this new general manager does not give a shit if Ronald Darby was a good player three years ago he's not gonna care if Sammy Watkins was given away for two first-round picks the smart play the smartest play is that classic football deal, which is move on to the next play. That's a smart play. And you have to look at your talent on hand. And a lot of these NFL players and these these players, they're, they're, they're paid on potential. They're drafted on potential. And it's really hard to sit back and watch some of the guys that you draft not come to fruition Like we think. And then it's not the player's fault that they're necessarily injured. It's not the player's fault that people have such high expectations from them and there's nothing they can do about it. These guys weren't asked to be taken in the first round. And believe me, money doesn't solve everything. Don't think because they finally got their dreams that everything is great. It's not. So for Sammy Watkins, I frankly feel bad. Because if this foot doesn't heal right after the second surgery... What does that mean for him as a person? And when you're a young player, you have these high expectations. You've been tearing up every level. You're used to winning. You're going to winning programs. And now this is the first time you actually have to face some adversity. That's a lot of these players that have been on the Bills. Kyle Williams has not been to the playoffs. Eric Wood has not been to the playoffs. But guess what? It doesn't matter. They don't care. The Bills drafting. The Dawkins kid. I mean, should that be maybe, uh, hey Richie Incognito, you got your due some money in a couple years. Um, Watch out, or is that hey that's competition for the right tackle spot? I don't know. Or maybe this coaching staff does not care to see what our right guard can bring to the table in Miller and John Miller. I think he's solid, but I I'm not a scout. I don't know. I've never evaluated him. I'm not Eric Turner at Cover One. I should ask, we should ask Eric. Hey Eric, how well can Miller do blocking for the zone type crap that they want to do?
1: Can they do all zone that zone type stuff? crap? You know what I'm saying? Like, I I really hope that they that's not what they're saying like in the meeting rooms down at the hey. state. All right, so we're gonna do this zone blocking crap like. You guys got this. I hope, I look, hope, man. I hope they got a little bit tighter grasp than you do. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so
0: you know those. Not that I'm any better. You I, know those plays in Manor where they go power O? Yeah, we're not doing that. So, look, we're doing this one that says inside zone.
1: Oh, speaking of cover one, Kevin's in here. Look, Dawkins is a 10-year is a right tackle. <laughs> That's our boy, though. Kevin, are you trolling?
0: This will hit back to him in like 30 seconds. Yeah. Kevin, Kevin, I can't. Misery, Misery, there it is. I like Kevin. Kevin's a good person. Yeah,
1: you know, check out our podcast we did with him. Get on your feed, check those out. I mean, it was it was draft preview, but man, he knows his stuff.
0: Look it. Let me be real with you. I found out some information on the Cover One podcast, and I do not feel bad. His last, uh, Eric's last podcast was i'm going to title it um let's see here sorry people it was with jason shannon and um he runs some kind of scouting school or whatever that i think eric is a part of and he has experience in front offices i believe at least with the jets maybe the eagles too um i forgot i don't mean to misquote him but i learned a lot that made me feel not bad about not following the draft as tight as everybody else does what i mean by that is I think the draft is so damn boring. Like up until the draft, like a couple of weeks before the draft, I'm like I am not diving into this information because I'm going to hear the same crap about 50 players, then the combine's going to hit, then they're going to get resorted, and then what happens is is what Jason did here is on this podcast is he confirmed with me exactly what I kind of been thinking in my head which is the general manager is not sitting there breaking down tape of every player and this and that. They're just not. They're taking in their information from the scouts. Okay, cool. i got some infrastructure talk here. So I think about it, and I'm like, all right. So how do these guys rise and fall off draft boards? And Jason brought up a great point. He goes, look, what ends up happening is these later round graded guys, they get reviewed when they get more time and, you know, especially after day one. So they start moving up and down boards. When more, when people say more information comes out, I always thought, okay, these guys just don't know what the hell they're talking about in the media. Like Mount Piper, they, they really don't. And they're just making up names now. The guy's moving around, guys moving around. Well, when you realize that a lot of these guys don't have the time to, to scout a thousand players, like every single one. I don't feel so bad because I am more into okay, here's who they picked up in the draft, who was available, who slipped, who fell, who moved around and why, why did they fall? I'm more interested in the stories after. So like for this summer and spring, please again keep tuning into us every Wednesday, seven PM. Tune into us on our podcast and whatever you want to do. Scott Campbell, our buddy there writes for us, he has some stuff coming up, an article coming up for our website. About a draft review, he had a draft preview that he sent in as we're driving up to 34 Rush to the draft show with the Huddle and Rush Sports Network. So I really couldn't post it.
1: Yeah, we didn't Just... get it out. I, I didn't even see it till like Sorry, the next Scott. day. Sorry, Scott. I didn't even open I up feel the email, awful. dude. Awful. Yeah, yeah. We were we were rushing around, scrambling to get there. We were we were super late as it was. Yeah. So <laughs> true to form, you know, it wouldn't be us if we were on time. At least me. I don't know. You've been on time once or twice. So, Kevin is dead serious. Yeah, he wasn't trolling you.
0: Okay. Well, Kevin, thank you, and thank you to Cover One again. And, and Rui, check out that podcast, because Jason breaks it down, and I think that a lot of these picks are interesting, like who they got them, why they got them. Uh, it just seems like guys that they could Did you just say
1: who they got them?
0: Yes, I did. Loving it. I just talk. I don't think. So what I like about this draft, though, is you got guys where it seems like you could turn your back on them and they're going to come into practice the next day and the work's going to be set. You don't have to worry if they did the work. So I kind of like that. I think that's what you got with Zay Jones. If you hear him talk, he sounds just like Aaron Williams. Talks just like Aaron Williams. Not as uh, jolly. He actually apologized for wearing the greatest shirt ever.
1: Oh, that reminds me.
0: Did uh, you ever see that Borrowed Time? I did it with Borrowed Time and the On the Ropes thing. I actually yeah, took that yeah. Chase picture and never made it No, I, I,
1: that No, that's funny that you mentioned that because I had this like weird idea in the middle of the night last night that I was going to bring the green screen over today and set it up behind us and just have that Chase playing in the background on a loop for the entire show. But I... I was very busy this morning. You know
0: how bummed I was that the dude from Naked Gun was getting arrested? Yeah. Yeah. Did he play for the... Oh. He put, oh. Yeah, we got to get that OJ interview going. Anyways, so... um, I think our show just fell off a cliff. So, I'm just well, about... Yeah, I mean... Uh, I think I'm just about done
1: here. We're to the bottom of our notes anyways.
0: Yeah, Chris Williams, I'm with you, dude. I just hope we can get to the damn playoffs finally. I think so, too. And, and honestly, with this new GM coming in and with Sean McDermott, it seems like they're getting right to the bottom of every... There's not going to be any air in this pizza dough. Like, none. It's going to be out. And it seems like that's what they're doing.
1: So I mean, that's always the plan, though.
0: I want to know how the hell you scout players. Like, who... Where is he getting this information from? Like, the pro personnel side, because a lot of guys are getting caught, but the Bills are still bringing in guys. Right. Well. Sean McDermott's list must be that long.
1: They of, say of he's players. They say he's ultra meticulous when it comes to his work, so.
0: All right, so. His... Real quick, don't forget, if you want to support the podcast, go here. Go on com. Click that picture right there. It'll take you to our Etsy site. Um, shirts are really nice. They're comfortable. Bleach print like this shirt. So, like, the design lays flat. It's breathable when it gets hot. Unlike like this. See how that's, like, rubbery? Yeah, no. No, I, I, we, we got shirts that, like, you want to wear around the house. You want to buy a nice grease rag? Use it. Want to wipe your <laughs> dog's ass an with it? Use it. Rag, like, I don't but, give uh... a shit. Just it helps support the podcast and hopefully it's comfortable and it's not so blatant and cheesy looking for you hopefully the podcast Um, plain and simple is the way we do it and don't forget to subscribe to us every wednesday this show is brought to you by Billsforlife.com. cannot thank chris williams jamie Tilbury, dave and wow what are you doing dog and also shout out to uh red pencil tailgate guys thank you for always supporting us and um for everybody who supports us and hits us up thank you so much we love interacting with you if you want find us on instagram twitter facebook numb bills fan everywhere you can think um we kind of had a numbills bills fan snapchat going but it's just pretty much my personal one and i just send pictures at work so just find me david j palermo on the snapchat and instagram if you want to see our regular life and that's numb bills adam d on twitter i'm numb bills fan on twitter um but he can occasionally post some like promotional crap from the Numbills fan main account so please don't be shy any comments anybody who might want to call into us we have a hotline coming eventually so if anybody wants to do a caller show we might do another one of those too so please keep tuning in check in with us numbillsfan.com and keep refreshing your feeds you never know we will always have interesting conversation that can relate to bills fans in some way So we got a lot of players to review. They're all going to have good stories. So check it out. And don't forget, Shady rays 25% off. If you type in um, Bills, man, I don't even know if they keep track of that. Our main man, Tim Avery, though. Shout out to Tim Avery. Tim Avery is a man. He came out to the 34 rush and sat with us to watch the first round because we weren't on the show for the huddle that night. But we hung out. We helped behind the scenes. Actually, Deacon did um, help Gary out. But Tim Avery, thank you for coming out, bud um he knew more about the draft than we did it was crazy like tim knows draft so if you know tim avery out there find him hit him up bother him about football he loves it
1: we'll have him on the podcast again yeah we gotta
0: get him on we gotta get him on so again thank you subscribe to us on itunes tell all your friends and uh subscribe anywhere that you you find your podcast and if you like it all we ask is tell your friends. If you want to throw in a five-star rating, go for it. If you want to throw in a one, please don't.
1: Yeah, yeah. If if, if you hate us, just skip it. Just skip the, ra- the just rate. Just send me review. an email,
0: Dave at NumBillsFan. You want to get to Adam too, you want to CC us and both of them, he's Adam at NumBillsFan.com. You really want to piss us off, NumBillsFan at gmail.com is the OG email address, but I'll never check it, so joke's on you.
1: Don't email me.
0: All right, this show's over. Where do I press stop streaming? It's usually the button that says...